Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of the Pop Podcast, your weekly conversation to help improve your points of performance when it comes to training. It's time for a little squat therapy. Over the past couple of weeks, Britt and I have been having some uh, tough conversations about improving her <laughs> movement patterns, especially if she wants to get stronger. Sound like you? Well, I see it in so many of the people that walk into the gym. So listen up if you're ready to go back to basics and get strong as been happening post games everything's done back in a normal training normal life what's happening yeah I had one of those weird days today where it just feels like you're running from one thing to another um I had to I got to interview an NFL player this morning for work which was fun Um, but that pushed everything back just because of time zones what you don't realize is America is such a big country so people on the other side of the country are like three hours ahead of you um, I guess it's kind of like the time difference between Perth and the East Coast. Um, but that pushed everything back. And I had a ripper of a uh, training session today, actually. It was one of those ones. I don't know if you program for your clients like this, but often the day before rest day is a real doozy. Just like a lot mm. of work, a lot of volume. Mm. So I'm ready for rest day. Um, yeah. But how about you? Um, well, yeah, kind of a little bit. Sam, I've had a really good training week this week already. I, um, I'm kind of into states prep for weightlifting now, uh, which is pretty cool. And, um, yeah. Which we didn't really touch on that. Anyone who's been following Riz's journey, you know, that shit show of a comp that we had a couple of months ago, (laughs) she redeemed herself. So she's back on track. I did. I, um, I qualified for states, uh, at a competition, just a club comp the other week and um yeah back now to try and make a big total and uh I accident I don't know what I've never had this problem in my life ever before but I um I'm meant to be competing as a 71 and I weighed in as like 64.5 so I just so like I know I know normally I'm like trying to drop to 64 from like 66 but for some reason, I don't know. I don't know what's going on, going on. More sleep probably, all that recovery I've been <laughs> trying to do. So so did you still have to list as a 71 kilo litter? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I, I jumped on the scales and I didn't know how much I was going to weigh. And um, I was – What a waste. Down, I, like, <laughs> I know. I know. I could just – half a kilo and I could have just lifted as a 64. But That's like that fast mass. That's like what, seven seven kilos that you wasted? Yeah, well, I don't ever, I won't ever be a full seventy-one. I don't think. Mm. Like, I'll probably the max I'll ever get to is sixty-eight kilos. Um, but you know, that's definitely sitting at sixty-eight kilos and feeling good and moving well is uh, much more beneficial than trying to be a sixty-four lifting as a seventy-one. You know what I mean? Like, um, but I mean, I've been eating, I've been doing all the right things. I don't know what happened. Just was really light. Um, so, but how good that a- you can lift and get a, st- a total for states. Mm. almost at a, a you know in the weight class underneath That's states cool. is a very um it's a very easy uh most weightlifters can qualify for states it's a quite a low um uh quite a low standard for states just to encourage everybody to try and participate the yep. big jump is then for the national total um which is 
is quite hard. So I, I what feel is like your national? What do you have to lift to go to nationals as a seventy-one kilo lifter? Um, I have to lift one hundred and sixty-eight kilos, which is not. I've done that as a sixty-four. I did that as a sixty-four last year. Um, so Let me get my I, app out for our US listeners. How much that is? Yeah. Because I often brag about you and I'll like say your weights and they're like, whatever. And then I convert to pounds and they're like, oh shit. I'm like, yeah, boy, you can't lift that. (laughs) 168 kilos is 370 pounds. Yes. That sounds awesome. Yeah. So it's, um, I've done it as a 64, so I should be able to do it as a 71. So I'm not really worried about that. Um, I just, um, yeah, have to make sure that I don't uh, wig out again on the platform like I did last time and I'll be fine. It'll be all good. But yeah, I, I'm back into full training for that now. So I uh, basically had week one of training and it's like very, it's like a lot of volume. Um, and after doing like low volume, kind of high weight training for a fair few weeks, whew, the volume feels tough on the old body, but um yeah used to after a week or two so should be good next week my favorite thing about you when you post your uh like complexes and things like that and our listeners can go and have a look too the face when you finish the complex like it's a combination of like thank fuck that's done like that was really hard and cool I did it (laughs) yeah Honestly, sometimes I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. Why would I do this to myself? Why would I do this to anybody else? So I did a training day with Liam. Um, I just did what his program was that I gave him. And I was halfway through the session and I just looked at him and I was like, I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry for doing this to you. Like You can't blame anyone like, else. I know. I was like, I literally done it to myself. It was tough, but... That's, I feel like that kind of, that intensity at the start of the program when you feel like good, um, it really just sets you up to have like a strong end of the program. So mm. um, fingers crossed. What's the timeline that we're looking? When's your next competition? 10 weeks. States is in 10. Well, it'll be nine and a half now. Oh, cool. Yeah. Well, that kind of brings us on to our topic that we wanted to chat about today because mm. You're going to help me have a 370-pound total. (laughs) That's the goal. And how are we going to do it? So we are looking at your squat. Um, I think the when you when you came to me and you're like, you know, I want to focus on my lifting. I want to get like stronger. I actually think you have a really awesome strength foundation. You can deadlift what 140 kilos. What's that? I, think I don't know. 142 100. is my max. Let's get yep. the app. Get the app out. I don't know what that uh, is in pounds. 313. So it's 313 pound deadlift. Like that's your max deadlift. So if you can deadlift that, you can pull way lighter off of the floor, right? Mm-hmm. And then it's your obviously technique and your transition under the bar and then your ability to stand the bar up. And your point of where you fail most of your Olympic lifting is often standing it out of the bottom of the squat. Yeah. Um, and so when you were like, I want to get stronger, I want to focus on these things. Should I do like a program? My, my, my opinion was you don't need anything more specific than what you're doing right now. What we need to work on is improving your squat. 
um, maybe give everyone a little bit of a rundown on like your how your squat has um, evolved over the last few years and kind of where you started and like where it was at when we addressed it yeah um when I first started CrossFit like a lot of people and that's why we decided to talk about this in the episode because I think I am a lot of the listeners here so Mm. while we're fixing Brit squat hopefully we're fixing all of your squats as well at the same time or why we should maybe look at going back to basics and um breaking it down at least Mm. um when yeah when I first started I, in inverted commas, couldn't squat below parallel. So I have quite long legs and I've been told a lot um, that I don't have the body of a lifter. But like, hello, neither do 90% of the people who are listening or the people Mm. who do CrossFit. So that Mm. isn't a problem. So when I first started CrossFit, I tried to work towards getting um, my mobility like a lot better to try and get below parallel and consistently. Um, because it's not just for Olympic weightlifting or for back squats or front squats. So much of what we do involves squatting. So if you can't mm. squat below parallel, you can't do a thruster. Um, so that took a while, probably like a year and a bit. But I also I came from a running background um, and only weighed, again, we talked about this on um, old podcasts, like 49 kilos or 105 pounds, and I didn't have any strength in my legs. I couldn't squat 55 kilos. Um, in a back squat when I first started. So like I did a lot of squatting um, and then like as I started to, you know, mass moves mass. So just generally um, squatting a lot and I think from being on this program, I tested my uh, back squat maybe six months ago and it was 97 and a half kilos, which is massive. Like if you hadn't told me when I was – the first starting out that one day you'd be close to squatting 100 kilos but I also feel like I've hit a ceiling with my squat in terms of I um, much prefer a front squat to a back squat even though I can't squat as much in my front squat as the back squat Um, I just feel like I still struggle when there's load on the bar to get below like I get below parallel but it's not the same squat as when I receive a clean or a snatch Um, one thing that I like in Olympic weightlifting, for some reason, I've never been afraid to get underneath the bar. You know, when you have people who are like, I don't want to drop underneath the bar. When mm. something gets heavy for me, I'm just like, boom, and I'm there. And I got to try and stand it up. But so many people have said to me, well, if you can do that, if you can get under the bar and get in that position, like you can obviously squat like that. You know what I mean? Exactly. So exactly. I'm kind of having this, yeah, a couple of weeks ago I came to you and I was like, I want to get stronger. But I'm feeling like this, the mechanics of my squat aren't great. Mm. And I'm, I always feel like I'm very much, like, for example, in the past 12 months, a lot of people have been like, your ass is massive <laughs> because I use my bum for everything. <laughs> mm. So I've got really strong hamstrings and glutes now, which is a good thing, but now I just use those when I'm squatting. So that's where we're at at the moment. And um, even when, again, we'll go into this a little bit more about what I'm doing, but I've started getting the wall ball out and people are like, why are you using a wall ball? Like you squat below parallel, but I'm like, I squat below parallel, but I don't want to be the kind of person who just squats to like just the minimum. And Mm. when I get the 95 
kilos on my bar, back squat, I am squatting to where like you've got to slow down the video and you're like, oh, <laughs> she just gets that. You know what I mean? And that's yeah. not helping anyone in terms of like wanting to, yeah, be stronger. And, and essentially like I'm not the kind of person who wants to walk around and puff my chest and be like, I can back squat 300 kilos. Mm. I just want to be a good squatter because I know what it's going to do for everything else. Yeah. Um, so that's where we're at in the mo- at the moment. Yeah. I think that's um that's a pretty important thing to remember uh, like for everyone that does crossfit how uh, a squat is such a fundamental movement in so many things that we do. Olympic lifting, thrusters, wall balls, like to feel like you struggle in that position, it's going to really hinder a lot of that stuff. Um I think to explain like the squat in a very simple way, there are a lot of different ways to do a squat. Um, when it comes to a barbell squat, there are three different um, barbell squats that you'll particularly see is you've got a high bar squat, you've got a low bar squat, and you have a front squat. Um, now, in weightlifting and CrossFit, we tend to favor the high bar squat um, versus the low bar squat. And the high bar squat, the barbell will sit on top of your traps and aim is to try and keep a nice vertical torso as you go down and up. In a low bar squat, you actually sit the bar a little bit lower onto the top of your scapula, and you can create more of a hinge position when you do a low bar squat. This recruits recruits sorry a lot more hamstring and glute. Oh, that's versus, me. <laughs> yes. Versus um, a, a high bar squat, which still recruits hamstring, glute, but there is uh, a lot more of a quad focus, especially as you um, drive, well, try to maintain that vertical torso, lowering down and driving out of the squat. Why do people low bar squat then? And who's low so, bar squatting? Um, so powerlifting has, um, I guess, popularized low bar squats. Um, it's up for debate, in my opinion, uh, that most people say you can low bar squat more than you can high bar, but I think it comes down to what you are trained at and what Mm. you are most comfortable in. Um, You know, everyone's like, you know, 150 kilo powerlifter squatting, 350 kilos, it's crazy. And it's like, it is crazy, that's insane. But also have you seen uh, 81 kilo uh, Chinese weightlifter high bar squatting 320 kilos it's incredible you know and um i think there's a place for low bar and there is a place for high bar um but when we look specifically at crossfit high bar is going to be far more um beneficial to all of the movements that we do in the sport itself so i think wait hearing your explanation of that i'm like is it possible to do a high bar squat but lo- that's me. Like I low bar, but in the high position right? because I just like fold over almost. You fold forward. And this is mm. where it's going to become an issue, right? Because the bar is sitting on your traps, the position of where you are when your chest drops is now the barbell is no longer over your center of mass. What happens when you low bar squat and you set the barbell lower and you have a different setup position it actually stays more over your midfoot. And so it's easier to be in that position and easier to stand up out of that position. Um, so it's 
without getting like too complicated on like high bar, high bar versus low bar, I think the main thing to remember is that high bar is just a little bit more um, applicable to CrossFit in weightlifting in general. Um, you're going to see more transferable like gains out of that position than you are out of a low bar position. Does that mean that you can't low bar? No, 100% not. If you want to do a, a whole training cycle of low bar, amazing, do it. Like uh, you are strong in that glute and hamstring recruitment as you hit the bottom position of your squat, because you descend quite well, right? But as you go to initiate the upward movement, you kick your hips up, which is coming into hamstring and glute, your chest will fall forward. And then you it's almost like you try to good morning the bar up, right? Instead of maintaining the vertical torso, sitting into the bottom of your squat, and then all at once using your quads, your hamstrings and your glutes to maintain that position and stand up out of the hole. Um, What happens is when you lift and you raise through your hips first, it's not that you're not using your quads, but your primary muscle groups that you are using are going to be more um, like leaning towards more of Mm -hmm. a hamstring glute recruitment just because of the position that you're in. So, we wanted to try and take that issue that you're having where you kick your hips up and you go into gluten hamstring because that feels strong because you feel really strong in that position. Um, and But then your chest drops. And because you're in a high bar, what ends up happening is eventually that bar, it, like you're just not going to be able to good morning that up, right? You're going to hit a roof. And also you could probably mm-hmm. keep training that and keep training that position and you would get stronger in it. You're going to continue to get stronger in that position. But like I said, that's not really transferable to what we're looking at trying to create with CrossFit or weightlifting. That's That position or ending up in that position is actually going to be really detrimental to any of your lifting or any of your CrossFit. So we mm-hmm. want to try yeah. and get rid of that habit and make you – put you in a more ideal position that's going to benefit your training and your sport that you're doing. Yeah. And even as proof of that, I thought it was so funny when I set you. So on Friday, we've only just been doing this for a couple of weeks and I set you my clean ladder. And in my head, I was like, my cleans were on fucking point. Rian's going to be so proud of me, like, you know, getting into the 90 percentile weights. And then she like paused it at this moment on the ascent and exactly the same thing is happening. So if that's not proof, of how transferable it is it literally looked even though I had the bar in the front rack position receiving a clean and standing it up it looked like exactly the same position as when I you know ascend from a back squat I wanted to ask you so why don't we just train front squats for Olympic weightlifting why do we train back squats and like why essentially do I need to improve that position if well I'm never actually in that position when I'm receiving a clean and like why don't we just practice and train overhead squats and front squats because they're like directly transferable um there are actually a lot of weightlifters that do only front squat um so it's not an uncommon thing um especially because once you kind of get to a, a point where you're like doing maximal load for a back squat it can become quite taxing on the body and be like counterproductive to the rest Mm. of your training. But 
the reason why we do back squat is because it's how you move the maximal amount of load in a squat position, right? So uh, it's fantastic for developing posterior strength, that general leg strength. Like if you can stand up uh, a back squat, if you can be in that similar position to a front squat, but in a back squat and you can lift 50 kilos more and you can do that for 10 more reps, well, we're still putting that strength and that load through your legs, so it's still going to develop them. And then it's obviously going to bring your front squat up. And then those two things kind of work together, right? It's not necessarily that, like, should we do one more than the other? I think doing both is very beneficial for their own individual reasons. But depending on who you are and what your body's like, maybe front squatting might be the only thing that you do. Um, Again, it just depends on, you know, your coach, like their opinion most of the time, what you feel comfortable doing. I know for me, for example, same thing. I feel very comfortable in a front squat. I feel like it's uh, less taxing on my knees. Um, But when I do a back squat, I feel like the next day my legs and my knees are really quite sore all the time. I don't get the same feeling when I front squat. So I will not like not back squat. I still back squat. But I probably prioritize a heavier front squat than necessarily trying to continuously max my back squat out or like push my percentages on my back squat. It's like I back squat for maintenance and then I'll probably be more inclined to push my front squat uh, for that kind of strength development in that position. Sorry for interrupting the squat chat, but just a quick shout out to those who are making the POP podcast possible. And that's you guys. If you'd like to continue showing us your support, we've teamed up with Born Primitive to not only give you guys a discount, but they're also helping us bring these episodes to you every week. For every single dollar you spend using the link on our Points of Performance podcast Instagram page, that helps us continue to make content for you, our POP peeps. So make sure you log on to Insta, follow the links in our bio. That'll send you straight to the Born Primitive website and buy up big. Speaking of big, we've got exciting things planned for Pop. So stay tuned. And thanks again for all of your support. I guess we should fill in everyone in then on how we're going to go about fixing it in the hope mm. that maybe some people might be able to do these things as well. And, and yeah, I guess we, we talked about the mechanics of my squat, but what are the main problems that you see in people's squats, like in the general population in the gym? Like, am I part of the masses or is mobility the biggest problem? Like what's the biggest problem that you usually see? I mean, I said this to you, I feel like the issues that you have with your squat are not uncommon. A lot of people do have those issues, especially if they've not worked with someone who is, you know, really well-versed in squat technique um, it, you are definitely not uncommon. Your issues are not uncommon. Um, but you will see things like the chest dropping, the knees coming in, um, hips raising first, that kind of stuff, or disengagement through the core, back rounding, all of these things, they happen frequently with a lot of people. Um, and I think it's important to remember, like, while sometimes these things like, isolated on their own it's not it's not too detrimental as you start to become competitive or as you start to try and increase weights and make things harder and make things more difficult the more issues or the excuse me the more variances that you have in your technique uh the 
the basically the tight of that roof gets to your like capacity. You're just not going to be able to kind of break through um, those plateaus and you're not going to be able to continue to increase the weights and progress in the same way. Uh, and it often ends in injury or compensation with niggles and stuff like that. So you, you were definitely not on your own, but I think the, the one thing to remember is that when it comes to a squat, like you said, your levers are very different to mine. Your squat isn't going to look exactly like mine, right? Mm. It's not going to be the same. Your stance might not be the same. You do have to work within, you know, somebody's own like physical anatomy and their position and what works well for them. Um, Does that mean that if you've got tight hips, we just ignore that? No, 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 we don't. We continue to work on it. We try and make it better. We try to optimize the position as much as we possibly can. Um, but I knew immediately that yours wasn't necessarily like, um, how do I put this? Not like because you have muscle tightness, wasn't because your glutes were ridiculously tight or your hamstrings were ridiculously tight and it was restricting your ability to get into the right position because I've seen you in the right position. Mm. Right. So I knew that this was more like motor patterning and trying to retrain your brain into the position that it needs to be in. And that means sometimes going back to a ball, sitting on the ball and standing up in the perfect position with no weight and then gradually increasing that weight and adding it only in a way that when you lift the weight, it is with that form that we're looking for. Uh, and I think you you hit the nail on the head when you said, you know, you went to go stand to clean up and even though it felt easy because you've back squatted that weight and you've done it with weight more, way more weight than you're cleaning, that doesn't mean it's ideal. And again, you're going to hit that kind of plateau with your ability to lift because eventually what will happen is if that chest falls forward, mm. especially in a front squat, you're going to end up losing the bar forward. There's not going to be any amount of strength you whatever your weight you know maybe it's 100 kilos whatever your max weight is but eventually what's going to happen is because you're not in that ideal position where you know we're able to move as easily as possible you're going to fail at some point right yeah um so and everyone's been there you know that moment where you clean it you see that they're coming up and everyone's like yeah "Yeah!" and then it just you hit a hit a ceiling and yeah. I don't want to be that person anymore. <laughs> yeah, no one and wants to be that person. No, and like nobody starts off with perfect technique either. I think that's very important to remember. No mm. one picks up a barbell and has the most beautiful squat and the most beautiful clean and or snatch or whatever it is. It takes time to develop technique and efficiency and timing and all of those things. So it's not uncommon for people to get to that kind of plateau and be like, I don't understand why I'm not getting any better. And then they look outward to somebody else who might be an expert in that field and they go, you know, what's, and then they go, you know, technically we can improve this, this, and this. And then you go back and you fix it and get a little bit better. You get a bit stronger. That's basically what weightlifting is. (laughs) forever it's you know what I mean it's like trying to be so technically proficient that you can lift crazy amounts of weight that's what it is so those hook grip videos you know like you slow it down intense hmm. slow-mo and you see everything that we talk about or like Hmm. everything that we're coached and you're like oh so you don't have to bend your arm (laughs) so like 
But I was going to say to that point um, by, you know, how obviously you spend a lot of time finessing that. Um, mm. This year's been really good for me in terms of like being really realistic in myself. So, um, you know, often I look at people like yourself or a lot of the people that we surround ourselves with who have been squatting for a really long time. Mm. And I think, again, there's a lot of listeners out there who are like me who we got into this later in life. So unfortunately, you can't fast track the process of being 13 and learning how to squat properly. Mm. And those lucky fucking 13-year-olds who can do it three times a week and just like, you know, just just use 30 kilos and finesse that um, technique. Like, mm. you know, we're not promised tomorrow, but like, I'm not getting any younger, you know what mm. I mean? But I can't, unfortunately, fast track that. So I'm, I think the best way to do it, the time's going to pass anyway. So, like, let's just do the right things now. And then, you know, hopefully in three years I'm like, remember when I just used to use my butt and hamstrings? Like, lol. I mean, you will be. That's what will be, you know, that'll be, that'll be what happens. But I think yeah. I, 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 like, urge people, like, it's okay not to have perfect technique, but like just want to be better. Like I know some yeah. people don't necessarily, you're not, you're not trying to be an Olympic weightlifter. You're not trying to, you know, make nationals or, you know, be an elite CrossFitter or whatever it is. That's fine. That doesn't mean that we can't make your squat better. That doesn't mean yeah. that I can't get you to squat in a workout and feel no pain. Like, mm. you know, trying to make people understand that, the, the standard is to to move well, not to just move for the sake of it um, yeah. is definitely something that I really focus on. And a lot of people, I've had plenty of people that have been like, oh, I just don't want to do this. And they don't, they don't, the um, repetitiveness and how non, like, it's got you can't have any ego because yeah it's hard and you have to go back to an empty barbell and all of those things some people can't they don't like they just whatever their bodies don't want it and they just reject it you know and that's okay yeah. I guess that's their journey and you I just I'm like okay well that's that's your journey but this is where I'm going so um I always just try and, and it also and, took me a long time to get to this point like exactly. I look at members in our gym who train for four hours a day and like just with no purpose and just train, 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 train. And I'm like, I used to be that person too. And then I went through a period where I was like, you know, w wanted to win all the class workouts and it wasn't until like, it's a journey for everyone. And so, you know, we might be talking to people who were like, that's not me yet. And that's okay. And you might mm. never get to that point. Mm. Um, just again, we've talked about it plenty of times just in the last 12 months, I've been like, with a lot of things in my CrossFit journey, I'm like, let's go back and just kind of dissect this and try and see if we can do it better. And every time I've done it, there have been tears, there have been tanties. Mm. But when I come out on the other side, I'm like, thank God I did that. I'm so glad I did that. Mm. Um, so it looks like the squat's the next thing. And I'm not going to lie, when I had to get my little ball ball out for my back squats on Monday, I was like, fuck you, Yeah. <laughs> uh, you, just, you, uh, you feel a bit like an idiot. Like mm. You're like, this is what people do when they first come to the gym. And here I am, like, someone who's trying to, like, go to the next level and, like, potentially one day go the next step from, you know, and it, and I'm using a fucking war ball. Like, what the hell? You know, I sometimes – it's really hard to talk yourself out of that because you're like, I'm I'm going backwards. Like, mm. you know, I don't want to use the word, but it's what happens in my head. I'm retarded. Like, I, I'm, I'm an idiot. Like, I just yeah. – and 
those those thoughts enter my head and I'm like, just listen to Rianne. Like, you know, she's she knows what she's talking about. So just try it. Mm. And if for a year it doesn't work, you can go back to your booty gains, like whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and I think like without like trying to generalise, you know, m- Everybody, like we said, your anatomy is going to be different. Your squat's not going to look like mine. It's why, like, I always – when people are like, oh, what should I do for my squat? And I'm like, I've got to see it. I've got to see what's mm. going on. I have to be – because your issue – like, I don't have a general fix. It has to be very specific to depending on what your issue is, you know. So, like, like I said, some people might fall forward. Some people might disengage through their core, so, you know. It could, could, there's just so many issues that can uh, like they might not have good hip mobility they might have not ankle mobility you know, their knees might hurt like what are the reasonings why behind all of those things aren't necessarily like important in the big scheme of thing things but you have to find a coach that can work with you individually on what your actual problem is and mm. that often doesn't happen and people often blanket like oh you should be doing this and you should be doing that and if you're not doing those things then you can't squat like kind of thing and I don't think that that's the case I think you need to just have a look at the fundamental movement patterns and you know I do I assess like what are your hips doing what are your knees doing what's your ankles doing and what's your core doing and nine times out of ten by just looking at those things individually you can figure out what the problem is and it's not always like this big long slog or hard fix sometimes it can be really minor and it can happen quite quickly um and so when people are like oh it's going to take so long maybe but maybe not Mm. and like you said if you just start today if you just do it today the time is going to pass anyway don't you want to be better at your squat in six months time instead of doing the same thing and not lifting anymore so when I work with people that's what I always ask them I'm like you can be exactly where you are in six months time or we can be better yeah that's and the time goes so fast these days um I don't want to go on too much of a tangent but I think Mm. you know I don't want to sound like a broken record every time we get on here and I'm like training's been really good lately but um I'm all about at the moment just focus on today and what you can do today Mm. and so um one of the other coaches said to me the other day he's like I've never seen someone who is just so focused on what they're doing and he's like and giving everything that they've got in that moment and I'm like because I haven't even looked to what's the training on Thursday. Mm. I don't know what's coming. I'm just like, and which maybe isn't a bit, it's a, it's a bit Rain Man, you know, a little bit self-focused. But I found, and everyone's different, but I found real enjoyment and real satisfaction in that. And mm. so every day just enjoying what's in front of you. So it's like, well, here's these little things that I can do today to fix my squat. And I'm not thinking about, oh, when I test my back squat in t- two months' time, like fucking better pay off. Mm. Like, it's like, well, maybe that that timeline won't be two months away or it's two years away. Or like you said, maybe it's two minutes. It's like mm. a quick little fix. Um, but before we go on to what I am doing, like what you're doing, getting me to do to fix my squat, I know the big problem for a lot of people is mobility. Mm. Is there anything who comes to you and just like, I can't squat below parallel? What is the first step that you give them? to start the process of like getting there i get them to sit on a wall ball everybody can join sit on the a- club <laughs> everybody can sit on a wall ball if you can sit on a wall ball you can squat below parallel 
But here's the thing, you know, when people go to go to you, and this happens all the time to me, oh, my body mechanics. It's like, how do you sit on the toilet? Mm. Some people, it's not necessarily mechanics. It's awareness. It's balance, coordination, strength, mm. you know. But does it feel comfortable to sit on the wall? Well, maybe not. Maybe your hips feel tired or your ankles feel weird or – but. The, the reality is we can get you into that position and we can we can work with that. We can always yeah. improve on that. But mobility is one of those things. If you know you lack it, then you just have to do it daily, mm. you know? And it's not glamorous and it's not – there's no, like, skills and drills and accessories and la, 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 la. It's literally you stretching with a band or, you know, whatever it is, rolling your calves out or – and it takes – a long time you got to remember you've spent 30 years of your life in that tight restricted position maybe you sit at a desk all day you know that old chestnut like yeah you just have to work on improving it just like you want to get fit and just like you want to get strong if you want better mobility if you want better range of motion you need to work on it daily and eventually it will come and same thing, you can either start now or you can start in six months' time. It's not going to matter. But if you start now, you're going to be better in six months. You're not going to yeah. be doing the same thing and you're not going to have the same problems. So, And you don't have to do ROMWOD or, no. um, you know, someone asked me the other day, they're like, oh, do you do yoga? You're so flexible. I'm like, I used to be a yoga teacher and I've never been more flexible than I am now. Mm. And I do the least amount of yoga I've ever done in my whole entire life. Like weightlifting using the full range of motion with load makes you flexible well, <laughs> and makes you strong in those positions, right? Yeah, like I think there's a, the epitome of strength is like moving weight from full range, right? Mm. You know, the strongest person can move the most weight through the biggest range of motion. Yeah. So, And even gymnasts, how strong they are, like – again, doing all this work with Chelsea, we do like 20 minutes of mobility every session and it's like finding strength in these positions. I'm like, how the fuck do you get your body in that position? Because she's mm. strong, you know, yeah. like, and so I think people often um, confuse mobility or flexibility with, you know, just being, or just being flexible. It's like, no, you're strong and you're, mm. you're aware of your body, of yeah. where your body is in space too. Yeah, I think um, like you can ask any one of my clients, I will spend, again, this is just the way that I do things and I'm sure there are plenty of other people that come up with like a lot of <laughs> um, counter arguments to not doing this and that would be so terrible. But 90% of my clients that I work with face-to-face -face have mobility issues, right? Large amounts of restriction through their chest, shoulders, upper back, hips, ankles, I will spend 15, maybe 10 or 15 minutes doing mobility at the start of our session and everyone's like, oh, but then you just stretch the muscle and it's gross. No, because then we do 10 minutes of activation and then we slowly and incrementally build yeah. and increase intensity and weight across the movements that we do after that. But if I just take someone who's got no shoulder mobility and then I ask them to do press that dumbbell mm. up over their head without doing any work. They're just compromising that position. They're just putting it in a terrible position. But if we've spent 10, 15 minutes working on opening up that chest, 
all of a sudden she can, he or she can recruit her lap properly and she can lock that arm out and it's in the right position stacked over a torso. Like that is way more important to me. And again, maybe it's a longer process and maybe it's not super fun and I'm not getting you to come into your training session and just do like crazy amounts of, you know, intense bullshit. But in six months time, that person's going to be, you know, thrusting their body weight or whatever. And they're not going to have niggles or pains or restrictions and their technique is going to be great. And they're going to be moving efficiently. And guess what? That's the best way to develop strength and muscle development is moving through full ranges of motion with good technique and being in a good position. Speaking of, I just need to take a little tangent because it reminded me of it today. Just a little lol Mm. moment. Let's just have a little break Mm. from all the intense chat. Um, Speaking of thrusters, so today Mm. all of the clients were testing their squat clean and uh, push jerk. And one of the guys in the class, I love him. Like he's just one of those guys who just comes in, wants to move, he thrusted it and it was so funny because he knew he'd done something wrong but it was over his head and he looked at me and I go, that was very impressive. Like that, it was a fucking heavy thruster and we just laughed about it for a bit. But mm. also you've got to have fun with it and you've got to know where you're at in your journey, right? So mm. that just reminded me of it. So I was yeah. listening but I also like, you know, shout out to Paul if he's listening. Like <laughs> we had a good laugh about it and you've got to – have fun on the journey too. Amazing one RM thruster. Yeah. I actually, I was like, you should record that. Like, you know, <laughs> bouncing CrossFit. Um, but in terms of what we're doing to fix the squat, so mm. the war ball was the first step. And I'll be honest, mm. the first session that I did with the war ball, it made me realize, especially if, as I get over 80%, I can get there. I just have to hold myself accountable. It was like literally a centimetre more that I wanted to go. And I was like, oh, I know. with 80 kilos on the bar, I don't normally go this low. And I was like, oh. And there'd be a couple as well where I'd watch the video and I'm like, you didn't hit that. But we've only been doing mm. it, what, for three, two or three weeks. And so this Monday, mm. we squat every Monday. It felt a lot easier to hit the wall ball. And I think it's because of the accessories that we've been doing. But I also, it feels weird the way that I'm squatting mm. at the moment. Um, so yeah, maybe, maybe you should explain better than me what we're trying to achieve. And maybe if we go back to that day where I was sending you videos in my lounge room of me with books and you were dissecting Mm. my squat and I pretty much looked like I was doing a shit because I was concentrating so hard (laughs) (laughs) to try and do the, yeah, to try and do, cause it's, you know, you're asking me to squat in a way that. I'll be honest, like I've never squatted before. Like it felt like mm. I was literally doing an air squat and it felt like I was doing a whole, not a whole new movement, but it felt weird. It felt foreign. Yeah. I was going to say, tell me if I'm missing anything, but the big points for me, like now when I'm squatting, I'm thinking about pushing through my big toe, my little toe and this, the arch of my foot. And what I mm. also really found helpful when you told me, to think of ascending in a hollow hold and chest first. Mm. Why is how so, and, and I feel like that's recruiting my quads, but why? So your issue is that you lower down, you hit the bottom of your squat, you initiate the upward movement by 
coming into a hinge position. So you lift your hips first, recruit hamstring, glutes, and then you kind of good morning the barbell up. Mm-hmm. We're trying to make it so you go down like an elevator and you stand up like an elevator, nice and you know upright with your torso. Uh, and when you hinge forward, you go into your hamstrings and glutes and you take a lot of the primary load out of your quad. Yeah. Now, in order for you to stand up, like an elevator, you actually need to get a lot more downward force through your quads um, in order to keep your torso upright. Because the second that you come down into the bottom of your squat and your chest drops, all of your weight shifts into your heel. So often your toes will come off of the floor. Oh, I can sometimes wiggle my toes on a 90% squat. That's bad. That's not good. So... (laughs) What this does is it primarily like your big toe, it will switch off your whole inside line through your legs. So your adductor, your BMO, all of that stuff that actually helps stabilize that nice vertical position as you stand up out of the squat. So one of the main things that we were trying to get you to do is obviously more quad recruitment out of the bottom of your squat. um, And that requires making sure that you have that even balance through your foot and that the weight when as you stand, keeping your toes contact with the floor and the weight's driving through the middle of your foot, you're not favoring the front or you're not favoring the back, right? So that's why, because I was like, why am I trying to push through my arch, like in my head? Mm. But that makes total sense. It's not like I'm actually going to get up there through the arch of my foot, but it's just keeping the center no. of mass in the center of my foot. It's keeping you balanced. It's keeping the weight balanced through your foot, which is like the main thing because your instinct is to shift into your heel and lean forward, right? So we're trying to steer away from that instinct to shift back into the heel only. Um, So we keep you nice and balanced. We keep your toes in contact with the ground. And in order for your torso to be strong, we need to have it stacked, right? Yeah. So if we look at like... I wish I could video this. If we look at your hips and like your torso and your legs and, you know, this is my hips here. As I stand, if my pelvis is in a strong position, neutral position, I can generate the most amount of force and stand up really strong, right? If I'm in an extended position, well, now it's really hard to create upward force because I've got movement forward, if that makes sense. So and the hinge position is just like me sticking my butt out. Yeah. yeah. So you disengage through your lower core often and you extend through your lower spine and again whatever some some people can get away with it. Mm. But if we're looking at trying to make that technical improvement and cross it over into your other training then this is just something that we needed to address. So we're looking at trying to keep that more stacked position as you stand. So keeping your hips in a neutral position, keeping that core engaged. And that often, you know, I explain it like a hollow hold, but what that does is it it makes you keep your rib cage down, yeah. right? Instead of as you standing, as you stand, flaring through your rib cage and disengaging through that midsection and then just loading through your spine. Yeah. Um, I don't know about anyone else, but I find when people are like rib cage down, I'm like, how the fuck do I put my rib cage? I find it like a really hard cue to work out. Like um, mm. again, with handstand work, trying to bring your hips and your rib cage 
together. I'm like, together. that doesn't make sense, yeah. any sense to me. But when you said hollow hold, I'm like, I know how to do that. And so, mm. again, if anyone out there is listening and they hear coach say things all the time, I have very weak mind-muscle connection. So I think it's like I coaches will often – I think I'm very frustrating to coach sometimes because it looks like I'm not implementing what you're saying. I'm trying so fucking hard. And has anyone else out <laughs> been there like that? You know, you just – you're trying to implement what the coach is saying and it makes sense. For example, when they say, don't bend your arms when you clean pool, but your arms mm. just like have this mind of their own. So, no, I found that really helpful as opposed to talk, thinking about my rib cage. I'm like, I don't really have that much control over my rib cage. But when you said hollow hold, I was like, I kn- that, that makes sense in my body. So I found that a really helpful tip. Yeah, I think without going on too much of a tangent, a coach's job is to find a cue that works for you. Mm. Sometimes that's verbal, sometimes that's tactical, and sometimes that's visual. Yeah. Um, and sometimes one cue works, like rib cage down. Sometimes it's tuck your hips. Sometimes it's draw your belly button into your spine. What there's you you know what I mean? There's seven hundred different ways to say something. It's trying to find a coach that's willing to find the way that works for you. Yeah. Um and you know, that's why I can sometimes be frustrating because I'm like, I'll tell you, like, I'll get you to do something and I'll say one thing and then maybe you don't do it. And then I say another thing and you're still not doing it. And then I say another thing and you're like, you've given me 17 different cues, yeah. but really they're all the same cue. I'm trying to get you to do the same thing. I'm just trying to find the one that works for you individually because uh, everybody's different. And I'm, I'm the kind of person where if you sat there and explained for me word for word how to do a squat, I'd be like, huh? Yeah. But if you just went and demonstrated it, I'd be like, oh, no worries. I can do that. Mm. I would, I'm a visual learner. I need to see something done and then I need to copy it. And then when I copy it, I like, um, I'll try and break it down and fix the things that I did wrong. Like, okay, well, your knees came in a little bit there. Let's focus on tracking them out a bit better or whatever it is. You know what I mean? So I understand that whole process of trying to find the thing that works individually for somebody. And I, I guess that sometimes if you feel like your coach is giving you like 600 different cues, sometimes they're probably just trying to find the one that works for you. Mm. So be patient um, and try and just connect with what they're saying. Um, sometimes coaches don't know what the fuck they're talking about though. So, you know, again, if you can't have that conversation, like if you can't be like, why have you given me five different things? And your coach be like, well, I'm just trying to find the one that's going to, get us to the yep. result um then the coach probably shit so. <laughs> um, but yeah so back to you we're trying to work on trying to keep that nice vertical torso and keep you in a strong position so we can generate as much force as possible to stand the barbell up yeah um and so we had you i firstly we wanted to address the depth issue so i put you onto the wall ball because this creates consistency um, it's not, you know, I'd say this to everybody all the time. There's nothing wrong with the wall ball. If your issue is getting depth, well, there is your depth. Mm. This is just a reminder. That's where you go it's to every instant time. instant feedback then, too. Like you feel it. Exactly. It's like a yeah, chest bar. No. It's not a chest bar if your head, chest doesn't you hit do. the bar. <laughs> you feel yeah. it. It's, that's, that's the best way to explain it. It's instant feedback and you know, did you get the rep? Did you mm. touch it? You'll know. You'll yeah. know straight away. And that's, you know, that's why I find that so beneficial. For most people, that's an okay depth. If someone's like six foot six, sometimes i got to put a wall ball on a 20 kilo plate, right? Mm-hmm. I've had plenty of gentlemen that I've worked with that are obviously very 
or substantially tall, so the proportions of their legs yeah. are different. I've just found the depth that works for them and what we need to hit each time and then we create that standard. Yeah. So that's what that's for, right? So we create a standard for your depth. So that's what you hit every single time. We then needed to look at how to strengthen your quads in the position that we needed them to be in. So to get more quad drive and keep a more vertical torso, you're going to have an element of your knees coming over your toes. So we need to strengthen your quads in that position, which for somebody who is hamstring and glute dominant can be really hard, mm. especially if they have ankle or hip restriction. So we then have brought in accessories like your knees over toe lunges. So we're deliberately pushing our knees over our toes um, in a lunge to develop that that upward quad drive, knees over toes squats. Um, we're also looking at like trying to strengthen through the front of your ankle and your shin. So doing like tib raises, uh, things like that. Never underestimate you- a tib raise. If you ever see Ooh. someone standing on the wall and they're just lifting their feet just a little bit, looks like they're being a basic bitch, but they're breathing really hard. It's because try it. Like right now, if you're yeah. listening to this podcast, go and stand about stand at the wall, put your feet out and like try and lift your toes. Do 20 of those and then come back to me. <laughs> Honestly, it's so funny. So shout out to Phil and Al, the guys from the gym who always make an appearance on this podcast, but we were doing tip raises in the class one time. I'm pretty sure it was Phil. I can't remember, but... I don't even think his toes moved. I was laughing so hard. He's like, is this it? And I'm like, you are not even lifting. It's hard. It's so hard. It's hard. And I'm finding the most beneficial thing. So literally this is, and again, you know, putting it out in the open to tell me if I'm doing it wrong, but I'm trying to do the accessories. Every time I squat, I do them unweighted. So I'll do like as part of my warm up, three rounds, of 10 reps of heel elevated squats. So I just get mm-hmm. two 35-pound plates, which is 15 kilos for people back home. And I'm really focusing on driving like that, you know, going down the elevator like we talked about and then the hollow hold as I rise. But, man, I got a massage yesterday and the masseuse was like, what have you done to your quads? I'm so sore. <laughs> Because I'm mm. like, oh, they're this new muscle that I've never used before. <laughs> like, obviously yeah. I have. But just the little, so like three sets of 10. So I'm talking 30, it's like 30 glorified air squats. And then five and five. Um, AT, why are they called ATG squats? Ass to grass. But your ass isn't going to grass. It's your knee going like so far down. Well, no, your knee goes I guess your bum and- goes forward. And to your, your heels, it sits to your heels. You go all the way down. You're hitting your full range of motion. So we take like ankle. The reason why we put your heels up is because mm. if you do have restrictions with your ankles, um, increasing that range of motion allows you to get more forward knee drive. Um, some so people eventually, can, will I, I not have to wear the wear? I'm not wearing the plates, <laughs> but like use the plates. <laughs> you walk around with the thing. No, pounds. so. I still use like I'll still use a ten kilo plate. I've got I can get my knee right over my toe. I have mm-hmm. no issues. I still use a ten kilo plate because it's just a good, comfortable position to be in, um, regardless of whether you've got lifters or no shoes or whatever. Um, and I do get that nice excessive knee over toe drive, so yeah. I can develop that position. Um, and then I think the the next 
thing is like you said, trying to keep your hips in a neutral position and keep that core engagement. And so instead of what you instinctively want to do is shoot your hips back, I've actually asked you to stand and think about pushing your hips forward instead of pushing them backward because in your head instinctively you want to go backwards so I'm trying to get you to do the opposite of that and it feels fucking weird you're like oh I feel like I'm like doing a weird poo thing yeah like you're like squeezing your butt up and under but that's that's what we need to get that vertical stand up you know and you'll see every time you do it you're like fuck I'm so straight you know and it's the best position to be in but it's hard it's hard work yeah and especially for somebody who instinctively wants to be in like the polar opposite position oh exactly and so I've even started and maybe we'll post this on the points of performance podcast Instagram page but Mm. um like filming the warm-up and so I'll like make sure that I'm in that position so yeah like I was saying three by ten of those um, heel elevated goblet squat oh, sorry no goblet when I'm warming up but then just do five and five on each side and then I've only been doing oh no I did it twice last week and I've already done it once this week so I might hit twice this week as well but then doing it like a um, four rounds of like actually doing a goblet so holding a 16 kilo kettlebell and mm-hmm. trying to keep that same really good position and then doing the ATGs with like 20 pounds either side so I think that's like 10 kilos in my hands and then adding the tip raises uh, but then I have to rest 90 seconds because that's really hard. <laughs> but four rounds, no, but so four rounds of that. And I'll be honest, like I said at the start of this episode, I'm really hanging for rest day. But my legs are really sore. Um, and mm. with the volume that we've been doing lately, I feel like my body's kind of used to it. So I'm like, oh, I don't really get this sore ever. But I'm changing the way that I move. So I'm using different muscles. And I can't believe I'm saying this out loud that I'm like, oh, I haven't felt my quads in a really long time. But I honestly haven't. Like, I think the last time my quads felt like this was when we had to do like 90 pistols in the quarterfinals. (laughs) (laughs) That's not a good time for anyone, no matter how strong your quads are. I think that's a good, you know, like, obviously this is very specific to Brit. So not like, are these things, if you incorporate this stuff into your own training, is it going to make you better? 100%. It's Mm. just going to strengthen that position. It's going to help put you in a better position. It's not going to hurt at all. Um, But it doesn't mean that it's necessarily going to fix whatever issue you're having. If you have a specific issue, go see someone and, you know, or reach out, you know, actually get it like a a proper analysis done of your squat if you feel like you just can't break past the plateau that you're on. Yeah. And in my head, I'm like, sucks that you guys are not, aren't really good friends with Rian because I just send her my videos <laughs> and she helps me. But also videoing them for yourself has been really helpful mm. for me because like you said, um, like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a coach in inverted commas, but I definitely don't have the experience that you have. And so I can mm. see a squat and – if I'm completely honest, like a lot of clients, I'll watch them squat and I'm like, I know something's wrong, but I don't know how to fix that. And even sometimes like I look at my own and I'm like, I can see that that's happening, but I don't know how to fix it. So yeah, like you said, consulting someone who has a lot more experience, but also video yourself. So you have that kind of feedback. And if your Mm. video doesn't look like the hook grip videos, there's something wrong, you know? Um, Keep trying. Exactly. Keep and trying. none of our videos look like the hook grip videos. So we, there's always something that we can work on. I appreciate that not everyone has a thirst for knowledge like I do. Like I'm a little bit of a, not a loser, but like I know that I will never be content. Like 
you know, this is a, a weird tangent, but like you saw everyone at the CrossFit Games, right? And everyone who wasn't Tia put up a post saying how disappointed they were. And you're like, what the hell? You're like the fifth fittest person on earth and you're disappointed. But I totally get that because you know that there's like more that you can work on. And I think a lot of people as well, we're all at different levels. But if you have a personality like mine, we get that because it's kind of like you will never be happy. And, you know, hopefully in two years time, again, we're talking about how I can squat 180 kilos. There'll be something else for us to talk about. You know what I mean? Because there'll be something else that won't be that good, you know? Imagine if I could squat 180 kilos. Like that, I don't think I'd be podcasting anymore. I'd be like giving seminars. You'd be a professional weightlifter yeah. for sure. <laughs> I, I was just on the videoing yourself. I get shit all the time for videoing myself. Everyone's like, oh, send that in the camera. Yeah, I am because I need to see what I'm doing. Mm. And that's how I learn. I learn visually. I learn by watching myself breaking down the exact point at which I'm, you know, doing something weird or it seems off, figuring out what it is and then trying to correct it the next time. Some people can do it more instinctively. Some people can feel it more. They can be like, oh, you know, I felt off balance in my foot, whatever that is. And they can just, you know, have felt that and then try and correct it. That's not how I learn and that's not how, um, you know, I, I'm able to make changes. And the, the best thing I ever did for my technique and my lifting was to film myself. Yeah. And I don't ever, don't ever let anybody make you feel bad for filming yourself or make you feel weird. If you know, your coach says like, send me a technique video and you've got to film yourself because you're just trying to be better. And there is nothing wrong with that. Yeah. And there's a difference between as well being like, I'm filming this so it can be in my story today. You know, like, and if you want to do that too, that's cool. Like if that makes you feel better about yourself, go for it. Um, yeah. But yeah, I'm the same. I When I first met you, I was like, this girl videos herself a lot. And now I'm, I'm that person because it's just so helpful to be able to see, you know, if something felt really good, you have that, again, instant feedback because you're like, that was a really, mm. oh, it's because I did this. Um, mm. I film all of my gymnastic skills because I find it so helpful. Um especially with handstands because you can see that exact moment of float and it's like, that's exactly why I got it. That's exactly why mm. I got it. And so then trying to achieve that in your body and I'm hoping that I'll get like that with the squat. Right. And you will because you're driven to make the changes yeah. and that's the most important thing. If it's something that you really want to improve on, then you'll do the work and you'll mm. get better and you'll look back in a few months and you'll be like, oh, man, so much better. I can't believe I wasted so much time not changing it. Yeah. That's how I've always thought about everything that I've ever done. I've never looked back and been like, oh, that was the worst idea ever. I can't believe I did that for so long and now I'm just better. That was terrible. Yeah. Like, I had I mean? one thing. I went keto for a while and that was a waste of time. <laughs> but I also I'm glad I are- tried it. I said things that are going to make you better. No, oh, I thought it was going to make me better. Instead, it made me – actually, this is a good story for like – and again, if anyone wants to go get it, whatever. But I, um, it got so bad that um, one day – and I'd only just started at Ducks. I had really bad inflammation. Like I had put my body – again, if you don't know me and you've been listening to this podcast, you'll probably realize that like I don't do things in halves. I do it to fucking excess. So I was like taking my ketones every day, like pricking my finger to check that I was in ketosis with my blood. Like I was a psycho. And oh my one God. day, so I just started at Ducks 
And I looked down at my legs and I was like, this program is working. Like my legs are huge. And then I kept looking for a little bit more and I'm like, wait a second, I don't have any knees anymore. My knees were so inflamed, they like filled up with fluid. Then I started walking to the gym and I was like, hang on, I don't have ankles. My legs literally just went straight down. I had so much fluid in my knees and my ankles that it was just like a straight line. Bless him, hardly knew me. But I walk into the gym and Liam's like, what the fuck happened to your legs? I had so much fluid in my knees and my ankles. And again, I'd only just started at Ducks and I did the Ducks duo that weekend. And I remember being in so much pain. And Luke was like, I think you need to add carbs back in. And I've never looked back. But I have a photo and I'm going to send it to you. It's back in the archives somewhere. I was trying ice baths to try and get rid of these, like the fluid in my ankles. And I remember one day I was at court. Did you have rub No. Nope. Like I wasn't sore. I just had so much fluid. And I went and saw a doctor and they were like, yeah, you were like way too far in ketosis. Like, And it just wasn't good for me either. But um, I mean, are, keto and CrossFit aren't ideal. Uh, no, they're not. I haven't met anyone who can do that. Anyway, um, I remember being at court one day because I was the court reporter at the time and I was like, if the criminal does a runner, like have you ever seen on the news where the journalists are outside like bouncing them? We call it bouncing where they ask them a question. I'm actually not going to physically be able to run after this criminal because <sighs> like my ankles are so fat right now. <laughs> so shout out to anyone who like has uh, fat ankles and being pregnant. Definitely not looking forward to that if that happens. <laughs> Um, but just to sum up the whole squat, like we've done a whole 360 here. Yeah. Uh, in terms of like where to from here with the squat, mm. for someone like me or yeah, anyone who's out there like me listening, what would, what would be the key advice? Just trust the process. Consistency. Do the things you need to do. Do them as much times as a week as you need to do them and be patient. Like Mm. it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen overnight. Sometimes it does for some people and that's amazing. That's so good. But for majority of people, it doesn't. It takes a lot of time, takes a lot of effort. Just keep working. You're going to get better. You're not going to get worse. Yeah. What's going to get worse is if you just don't do anything and you stay the same because Often you're not moving properly, you get compensation, you get an injury, you get niggles, you get time off training, and it just is this onslaught of inconsistent training. And then everything's hard, not just your squat, you know? So just be consistent, be patient, and just like be humble because take your ego away from it. You're doing what is best for you, and that is to make improvement on the thing. And it this doesn't apply to just your squat, your bar muscle up, your whatever, your handsets, anything that's you need to be technically proficient in order to be good at something. Those things take time. Gymnasts don't wake up day one and go and do an iron cross on the rings. <laughs> it takes years, years of strength and conditioning and development and injury and rehab and yep. doing the basics over and over you won't, we are not going to be the exceptions. Those things and take time and it's just how it is. That's the thing as well. We don't see the the years or the decades in, in some instances of, of work. And 
even what I'm loving about some of the people that we're getting on this podcast is when you hear Christy um, uh, Hollard, who we had on a couple of episodes ago, she put up a great post the other day because someone asked her, you know how everyone's doing those Q&As and because um, mm. I think all of the games athletes going stir crazy being in like being forced to have two race weeks rest. They're like, if I don't train, what do I do? So they're all doing this Q- yeah. these Q&As on Instagram. And she said to someone who wanted to be a sanctionals or a semifinals level athlete, she's like, you just have to drill the fundamentals. They're all saying that, you know, master the basics. And unfortunately, that takes like five years for most people. Um, but you, we only see the people who are good at CrossFit. And because CrossFit has now been around for, you know, 10 plus years, we see all of these people who can do so many things. And you're like, oh, everyone can do everything. It's like, no, don't discredit the hard work that they've put in. Um, and again, I shared this quote with you when we were just chatting, probably about the squad or something or other some bullshit that we always talk about. (laughs) Um, But I was, I loved this quote. It was like, applaud the person who's succeeding because your time is coming. And there are some Mm. people who, I'll be honest, like probably 18 months ago, anytime I'd sense that someone was like, you know, getting something quicker than me or progressing, I'd be like, fuck that bitch. Now I'm like, go you. Because you know Mm. what? You don't know what they've gone through. And it makes you appreciate your own success when that's all you care about. Like it really doesn't matter how quickly someone else gets their first ring muscle up or their first double under crossovers. <laughs> but, you know, and I just loved that quote because it's like let's celebrate the success of others because your time is coming. Mm. And unfortunately it's not a transaction. Like it's not a sense of if you do your six-week program, you're going to be rewarded with this skill or you're going to be rewarded with the perfect squat. For some people, it's going to be a six-year journey and that sucks. Mm. Like it sucks that it doesn't come easy to some people more than others. But also if you're just willing to put in the hard work, who cares how long it takes, you know, that's part of the fun. There's no end goal. We're here for the long haul. Just keep getting better. Just keep working on those things and eventually they will come. They will come. Um, and, you know, if maybe you're going to be 50 years old and you get your fing- first ring muscle up. I've seen it happen before, so it's not impossible. It can happen. Um, I, I just, yeah, don't discredit yourself and don't discredit what you're capable of and continue to work towards those things. But, I mean, Instagram is so crazy because if anybody feels like going for a deep dive back onto me when I first started lifting, you will have a laugh. It was let's bring terrible. back some of the, video, the videos. But speaking, I might of, do a flashback. Yeah, I was like speaking of Instagram. If there is a, is anyone who like this is resonated with, or they have any questions, I'm sure I'm just going to throw you in the deep end. But I'm sure you'd be happy to answer those questions. Or even like if you want to come on the squat journey, like let's do our ATGs ass to grass together. Um, mm. So many people have asked me actually though while I'm doing it, they're like, is that from Knees Over Toes guy? I'm like, no, it's Knees Over Toes girl and her name's Rian. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, all of those Knees Over Toe guy did a lot of awesome stuff. He'd like brought a lot of things to light that needed to be addressed and it's so cool. But he's just packaged everything that, you know, in a really convenient, very gimmicky way that makes people want to buy it, which is awesome. So I'm like, fucking do it. If that's, if that's what it's going to, if that's what it took for you to start doing all of those things, 
you keep you keep fucking doing it. You know what I mean? You do you, boo. Uh, speaking yeah. of gimmicks, so we started mm. about a month ago, and so it's probably time for it to come back. <laughs> Book of the month, and what I loved about last month is we told you about Atomic Habits, and again, if you haven't read it, you need to get on it. I made mm. a slight comment about the trashy books I was reading, like. Five of you messaged to be like, cool, 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 Atomic Habits, whatever. But what were the trashy novels you were reading? <laughs> so <laughs> we decided for this book of the month, um, I would let you in on one of the trashy books that I'm reading. But the problem is I have been on an absolute book binge. Like I got my mojo back, baby, because I am just reading things that are easy to read and loving life. Um so it was kind of like, what am I going to tell you all to read? So as part of Brit's book binge, I think over the next couple of episodes, I'm going to give you one a week because there's just, I literally am sitting here with five books right now. I'm like, which one should I tell them about? But um, I finished this book last week. It's called Such a Fun Age by Kylie Reed. So it sounds like kind of like the Babysitter's Club. It's not. <laughs> um, it's about a babysitter, um, a black babysitter. Her name's Amira and she works for a white family. So the story is based around this incident, which changes everything, where Amira is accused of kidnapping the baby, the child that she's babysitting. Um, but this book is like, it's young, it's funny, it's engaging, but it also had like, it's it's a bit trashy, but it also has this undertone examining white privilege and while you're reading this trashy novel it's making you think on a deeper issue about race so you don't feel so bad about you know reading whether she's going to get with Kelly or not you know what I mean um but it's just a really good book and it's like 300 pages super easy to read um I saw an interview actually because I you know I do this all the time if I read a book or if I um am watching a tv show I'm also Googling like what the actor's been in before. I think that's like the journalist in me. So I always, if I like a book, I like add the author on Instagram and do all that kind of stuff. And I saw this interview with the author, Kylie Reid, and she was like, I just love awkward moments. And as soon as she said that, I'm like, that's why this book is so good. You know, when you see people having a fight on the bus and you're like, oh, I should look away, but I can't. You can't put the book down mm. because you're like, oh, this almost makes me want to squint, like, I'm squeaming, but I'm the person that'll be like, squirm, squirm. I'm like, squeam. It's late. It's late at night here. I can't even talk anymore. (laughs) It's funny you say that because I'm the person where like, we'll be watching a movie and the awkward thing will come on and I'll be like, fast forward, fast forward, fast forward. I can't can't watch it. Maybe you won't like this book then because there's so much. And like the girl she babysits for is white. And what I love as well is like there's this awkward thing and she just wants her to like it's like this white woman trying to deal with a woman of color and it's just it's Mm. it's awkward and she's trying to be what I loved about it as well is because sometimes I sympathized with the mum because I'm like you know how sometimes you get into an awkward situation where um you know we're both white Australians and so there's like Mm. issues where race comes up and you're trying mm. to handle it in the best possible way. But because of our mm. upbringing and, you know, I think if a lot of us are honest, we were born with a silver spoon in our mouth. So, like, the way that we try to handle it might actually be disrespectful to other people and we don't even realise mm. it. And so even as this woman's trying to do these things and she's fumbling through it, you're like, 
oh my goodness, that's me. But then there's other chapters where, yeah, it's just a really good book. But the re- the bit that I was like, this is going to convince Riz to read it, the main, the main male character who links the two together, I messaged you while I was reading this and I'm like, in my head, he is Miles Teller. Like... <laughs> He's charming, he's really tall, and he's funny. And I said to my husband, because we often will read together, like reading very different books, he's definitely not reading Such a Fun Age by Kylie Reid, but we'll talk about what we're reading. And I was like, I was almost feeling guilty because I was so attached to this character and I found him so attractive. And I'm like, I would love to go on a first date with Kelly. And then I'm like looking over at Luke and I'm like, oh, I do love my husband, but like if Kelly came a knocking, I'd probably like go on a date <laughs> with Miles Teller and Kelly. But yeah, I would definitely recommend this book to anyone who loves a trashy page turner, just wants something that they can read 20 pages before they go to bed. Definitely recommend it. Um, it's not going to help with your training, it's not going to help <laughs> with personal growth, but you know, give it a good go. Why not? And I have your plenty more where was- that came from. Yeah, your goal was to get me to read it. And honestly, you had me at the main main character as Miles Teller. Like, let's face it, I'm hooked. I'm reading that <laughs> book front to back in probably 24 hours. Well, I did actually read that they've got someone's bought the film rights. So I'm like, should I email them and tell them that? Oh, like, my God, that tell them. casting, be like, I just think, I was just thinking. They're just FYI. Yeah, as well. Um, but before we go. We do need to do our other regular segment, which is Jim Fails. Okay, that is a fail. And this is one that we've been sitting on for ages and it's brilliant. It's so good. So shout out to Vicky, who's one of your cli- clients, right? She over in the UK. She the is. So, yeah, she uh, went back. She is from the UK originally and she was here living in Australia and she's just gone back for three months just to visit friends and family and, you know, do some stuff over there. Um, So she's just been doing remote training with me, which has been awesome, but she's normally an in-person client when she's living here in Australia. Oh, cool. And, yeah, shout out to Vicky because there are a couple of people listening in the UK. So maybe Vicky's been having a word to a few of her friends. If so, love the – Thanks. What do they call it? Marketing? Like, um, what are these things called where it's like um, not triangle marketing? Multi, what is it? Multi-level marketing. Yeah, we love it. So tell all your friends. Um, but Vicky um, is an adaptive athlete and she, what I love about her as well is she will often like leave her leg around the gym or like bring three oh legs God, to so the gym funny. and just, you know, just owns it. She wrote to us and told us about her gym fail during 18.1 so I went and I had to have a look at what 18.1 was do you remember the 20 rounds was an AMRAP and it was eight toes to bar 10 Mm -hmm. dumbbell hang clean and jerks but they were like separate arms so you only had to you had to do five on one arm five on the other and then a 12 calorie row well Vicky did it Mm -hmm. scaled so it was hanging knee raise she was at Milton CrossFit which I didn't even know was a thing if that doesn't exist anymore does it yeah no, so it was Milton Weightlifting, um, like Molly Fit. Yeah. That was what the gym was called. And it was um, a weightlifting club and a CrossFit. Um, but the CrossFit has shut and I think it's just weightlifting. Now. Well, I don't know if this is the reason why she no longer goes to Milton CrossFit. But in the middle of this workout, so she was doing the scaled version. Um, so they were hanging, 
pretty much the same workout but with hanging knee raises. She goes to do a hanging knee raise and she's obviously going ham. Her leg just flies, comes flying off. <laughs> and knowing Vicky, just, how much of a badass yeah. she is, she probably let it fly off and continued the workout and probably crushed it. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. I'm just imagining her being like, well, fuck it. That's gone. See you later. Yeah. Like what I need, I, I hope she doesn't get too embarrassed, but she can just switch it off because everyone else needs to hear how great she is. <laughs> uh, Vicky is incredible. Like often amazing. we ha- used to have fights when we both went to Cova because she'd be like, oh, you know, I'm, I, I can only deadlift 100 kilos. I'm like, bro, you have one hamstring and you can deadlift 100 kilos. Or like she's like, yeah. oh, my double unders were shit today. I'm like, because you have one leg, you're a fucking boss. But also that's what I love about her too, that she doesn't yeah. like she doesn't want to be considered an adaptive athlete. And she's like she's as good as any mm. of us. I think because she does have that attitude and like she's she repping out chest. Limit herself. Above. Yeah, exactly. And that's why, yeah, what shout out to Vicky. Um, but I just love that story she's too. Fucking legend. I love her. <laughs> well, after, she said, I'll, I'll go back and look at my score. I'm like, I, we'll just say you crushed it. You definitely crushed it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, that is probably it today. We definitely got through a lot of stuff but if you guys have any questions about squats or training or whatever it is make sure you send us a dm you can find us at points of performance uh podcast on instagram we do have a tiktok we are building on that though um and uh, we don't do yeah, dances on the up. tiktok so don't, don't no even dances. think about that no no dances just sexy lifts um, but <laughs> yeah let us know if there's anything you want us to talk about we're happy to go through anything, even our own personal experiences. That's pretty much what we're drawing everything off of at the moment anyway. So let us know, guys. Otherwise, we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.